Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and uh, this week was, uh, it's a little different. It's a little different. I'm, I'm kind of feeling... That's right, I'm without the, uh, the tenacious Tyler B. It's a sad, sad day, but that's okay. We're going to get through it, ladies and gentlemen, I assure you. Uh, but all joking aside, um, hellacious week, week one of the NFL. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We got to see some teams that we didn't expect to come out firing. Um, very, very entertaining week. I want to get right down to business. Um, let's get things started first and foremost with your scores for week one of the NFL. And here we go. Uh, 10-3, Packers versus the Bears. The Packers top the Bears. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was a defensive battle. Mitchell Trubisky looks absolutely miserable uh, in that game as the Packers squeak one out against the Bears. The Chiefs defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars definitively 14-26. to uh, Patrick Mahomes, 300 yards in the first half, really tore them apart early on. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings top the Atlanta Falcons, 28 to 12. The Vikings looked fantastic running the football. Dalvin Cook was an absolute monster. The Vikings put up 172 yards on the ground and beat the Falcons 28 to 12. The Cleveland Browns, the second coming of the Super Team, gets destroyed. By the Tennessee Titans, Baker Mayfield looks absolutely abysmal. The Titans swallow him up, including one time for a safety, as the Titans top the Browns 43-13. The Buffalo Bills squeak one out against the uh, New York Jets there. The Bills looked decent. The Jets, eh, they looked decent. Uh, It was just, it really was kind of a toilet bowl game. But the Bills squeak squeak one out against the Jets. Now, Tyler, with him not here, but... He would enjoy this one. Ravens demolish the Dolphins uh, 59-10. It was quite the game for Lamar Jackson. Five touchdowns on the day. He had a perfect quarterback rating. He was the story of this game. The Philadelphia Eagles come from behind to beat the Washington Redskins early on. Case Keenum was looking like a monster, but the Eagles wind up making a comeback here. 32-27, 32-27, Eagles over the Redskins, over to the Rams and Panthers. The Rams squeak one out against the Panthers, 30-27. to The Panthers, for the most part, had the Rams number, but the Rams get that one out of there. Um, the Chargers, 30-24 to over the Colts. Uh, the Chargers, uh, they, they were without a few starters. This one was a lot closer than a lot of people expected, but the Chargers still get the victory over the Indianapolis Colts. The Seahawks. Beat the Bengals 21-20. Seahawks looked a little rough around the edges, but they managed to get the win over the Bengals. The Dallas Cowboys, 35-17 over the Giants on Sunday. I love what the Cowboys were doing. They were doing what the Cowboys were doing last year, and they were fantastic. The 49ers, 31-17 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had three interceptions in that game off Jameis Winston, two for pick sixes, as the Niners talked the Bucs 31-17. Uh, the Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals go to a tie, uh, 27-27. The Lions blowing an 18-point lead in that game, and Kyler Murray gains his rhythm in the first qu- or the fourth quarter, rather, and and brings the Cardinals to almost actually win this game. It was it was quite the fun game to watch, and uh, Kyler Murray didn't look half bad. Uh, the Patriots come in uh, to Sunday Night Football, 33 to three. Uh, actually beat the crap out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was one of the worst showings of the weekend. Uh, the Steelers looked absolutely abysmal. Dante Moncrief only had he had ten looks his way, but three catches for seven yards in what was his worst showing of his career. The in uh, Monday Night Football we had a double whammy on Monday night. You had the Saints versus the Texans. The New Orleans Saints beat the Texans 30 to 28. Uh, the Saints actually, this was a close one. They get a last-minute field goal. I believe it was a 57-yarder. And the Saints wind up getting that win, just squeaking one out against the Texans. But that was one of the best games of the entire week. 
And last but not least, the, the West Coast Monday night game. You got to see the Raiders versus the Broncos. The Raiders beat the Broncos 24-16. Derek Carr looked very good, and but the big story of that game was Tyrell Williams coming out and proving that he was a true number one receiver. Loving Tyrell Williams over there with the L.A. Raiders. And the Raiders topped the Broncos 24-16 in Joe Flacco's Denver debut. And uh, I got to tell you, first and foremost, and, and I don't mean to to toot my own horn here, but I wanted to talk a little bit about these Minnesota Vikings because I was very, very excited about what I saw on Sunday. Dalvin Cook running the football, looking like an all-star. He ran the ball for 111 yards. He got in the end zone. Um, I love what we saw. And actually, Kirk Cousins came out, and uh, he, he didn't do much, but he did enough. He went 8 for 10, 98 yards, one touchdown, which was a huge departure from what we got to see uh, from the Vikings last year, very excited about that one. They they and then after a while, when they got to the fourth quarter, the Falcons didn't score. That number one ranked offense going into the season did not score points until the fourth quarter. I thought that was really telling about how good the Vikings defense truly is and how they were bringing pressure on Matt Ryan. It was something really special to watch. Uh, Vikings 172 on the ground. Thielen and Diggs were a little quiet in the game, but Adam Thielen did have one catch for a touchdown. He had three catches on the day for 43 yards. And uh, the the sacks, the the monsters from up front, you got to see Everson Griffin. You got to see Linval Joseph. You got to see Daniil Hunter. You got to see Anthony Harris with two interceptions on that day. And a guy that really stepped up his game was Anthony Barr. It was something really to behold. I really enjoyed watching that game, and I enjoyed what the Vikings did on offense, that zone run. Um, also, talking about the Ravens, we were we were chatting about, the, about uh, I was talking with Tyler actually earlier this week, um, it's wedding season for us, so we couldn't exactly get in here, but uh, Tyler was, was talking to me about the, uh, the Ravens a little bit, and I got to tell you, Lamar Jackson was nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, 17 for 23, 24, five touchdowns, perfect quarterback rating, no picks. He did so well. Mark Ingram as well. He had 14 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns on the week. It was impressive. Um, also, really, I wanted to point out one guy that, that a lot of people were discounting a little bit, but I really enjoyed watching him was Mr. Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, Four receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a big 65-yarder with his legs on a little slant route. He he, uh, It was just something to watch. We also had Mark Andrews, eight receptions, 108 yards and a touchdown. He was proving that he is a bell cow kind of player. So we, it was exciting to watch the Ravens. I, I understand it was the Dolphins. At the same time, very exciting to watch the Baltimore Ravens come out there and play the way that they did. Um, I, I can't get over it. I'm super happy about uh, the fact that Lamar is actually showing his ability to throw the football, and that's coming from a guy who's not even a big Ravens fan because generally I have Tyler sitting next to me. But it's exciting to see a guy go from a running quarterback to a legitimate pocket passer, and it's very rare that you see that in this league. Guys like Cam Newton, you see it out of guys like uh, uh, Russell Wilson, and now you're seeing it out of Lamar Jackson, so it's something really special um, in this league. Now, before I move further into the news stories, um, because of the fact that uh, he's not here, the the man um, has not uh, come around here. Tyler is is MIA. Uh, the man has a work trip. I get it, but the show must go on, and I've got to make things happen. So, because of that, I'm going to go ahead and mess with everything. I'm going to jump right into a segment that we like to call... Tyler's Top 10! Tyler's Top 10 is back, and Tyler actually has sent me his list. You, you know, this guy, he, I'm going to point out, first of all, he goes on these work trips, these quote-unquote work trips, and every time he goes on these quote-unquote work trips, he claims he's working his ass off. The reality is he's not really working at all. He's just out there hanging out, but I digress. Um... And, and he'll he'll always get mad at me for saying that, but it's the truth. Anyway, um, Tyler's top ten. We're going to jump right into this. I have uh, – he, he sent me this list, and I've got uh, a little something for this too. But number one – or well, number ten on Tyler's top ten, Josh Jacobs 
112 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. We know how much Tyler loves scrimmage yards. Josh Jacobs did have himself a hell of a game. Uh, he played well. Uh, number nine, and I knew this guy was going to be on there, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, four receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. We just got done talking about him. Number nine on Tyler's top ten. Uh, <clears throat> Hollywood actually played really well. He, he was making plays with his legs um, for more, a majority of the game. He was looking like an all-star, looking like a big playmaker. The hope for Tyler is that he's not the second coming of uh, Torrey Smith. Uh, but I digress, he's going to wind up being a really, really great player. Uh, number eight, Deshaun Jackson, eight receptions, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Old man Deshaun Jackson uh, working hard for his money for the Washington Redskins. Uh, he played really well. He was showing that vertical ability. We got to see that quite a bit um, over uh, this last week, over week one. I thought that Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson looked like an absolute beast. He looked like the Deshaun Jackson of old that we used to see in Philadelphia. And uh, I'm hoping, for his sake anyway, that he turns out to be a beast. Uh, number seven on Tyler's top ten, we got to see John Ross. Seven receptions, 158 yards, two touchdowns. John Ross came out like... like it was a, it was just like his day. It was his birthday. He came out just rocking it. A.J. Green obviously out. He's going to be out for the next several weeks. John Ross steps up, plays ball. He got it done. Uh, those seven receptions were awesome. Those 158 yards, he was making plays with his legs. He was making plays over the middle. He was looking like a true champ. So we got to see John Ross fire it up over there for Andy Dalton. Uh, number six, Marlon Mack, 25 carries, 174 yards, one touchdown for the Colts. Marlon Mack has truly become a number one runner over there for the Colts. And uh, I got to tell you, this guy is a bell cow. He is a beast. And and when Tyler, and this is something that Tyler actually called when he first came out, was Marlon Mack is going to be a monster. And he's shown that he is a true bell cow type of running back and he's a big bruiser he's nasty i love what he's doing over there number five and again this one's going to make tyler happy his lamar jackson is on there 17 for 20 324 five touchdowns now one thing i do want to point about lamar jackson even though he had the 324 yards he had the five touchdowns let's also talk about the the amount of attempts 17 for 20 it's not a bad stat line he didn't have to throw the ball a whole lot which actually tells me that his running game was firing up, which it was. Mark Ingram had himself a hell of a game. But we also got to see him uh, hit receivers for them to make yards after the catch. And and we did get to see that out of Hollywood Brown. So I want to see if Lamar can duplicate that in the, the coming weeks. Um, it's not to discount anything that he did because he did have himself a hell of a game. He did have a perfect passer rating, and there's nothing wrong with that. But 17 for 20, eh, it's kind of middle of the road. I want to see if he can go out there and fire out 25 to 30 passes in a game and, and be as accurate as he was. Um, number four, Dak Prescott, uh, 25 for 32, 405 and four touchdowns. Dak Prescott, um, he's demanding all that money, and uh, this is kind of a, a telling year for him. He's, it's going to be a contract year. We know he was demanding $40 million. I think that's crazy talk. I still do. He had himself one heck of a game. Uh, Dak is a good player. We also, but he's he's not a great player in my opinion. But we also, and you know, he put up a 405 yards. We got to realize he was taking on the New York Giants that are uh, questionable in the secondary there outside of Janoris Jenkins, who has been slowing down. His age has been catching up with him. So Dak Prescott uh, hits number four on Tyler's top ten for this week. Number three, and again, Tyler loves his scrimmage yards. Guys like Christian McCaffrey. He winds up at number three, 209 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey is is kind of like one of those uh, uh, jack-of-all-trades, but I don't know that he he's mastered necessarily being a bell cow kind of running back. Um, he had 128 yards in this last game. He had two touchdowns against a shoddy Rams uh, defense. The Rams defense has not been anything to write home about in spite of all the names. McCaffrey comes out. He looks like an every down back this time around. He also get, he had 19 carries for 128 yards, two touchdowns. He also had 10 receptions for 81 yards. It seems like he is the only weapon the Panthers are going to be relying on um, <laughs> and moving forward. But um, I don't necessarily buy him completely. 
But I will say that Christian McCaffrey did have himself a heck of a game, and he definitely deserves to be on the top ten. Number two, Sammy Watkins. And there's a... This is a guy we haven't heard about very much. Nine receptions, 198 yards, three touchdowns. The former Buffalo wideout comes out and tears it up in the absence of Tyreek Hill, who went down with a shoulder injury. Uh, Watkins, he was just rocking it. Um, and, and he actually right now, I believe, leads the league in uh, passing yardage, which is awesome. Um, and, and having those three touchdowns was great. He, he really was tore it up in the first half. Um, and, and helped Mahomes hit that 300 yards in the first half mark. And last but not least, a guy we were talking about um, early on, we, you know, Tyler and I were, were saying that he, um, uh, we, we weren't sure if this guy could be an every down back, but we both believed in him and believed that he could. And I don't know that he necessarily proved that he is an every down back in this game, but he did have himself a hell of a game. And that is Austin Eckler. He had 181 yards from scrimmage. He had three touchdowns. And uh, I thought Eckler was was definitely something to write home about. And and actually, hold up. I'm going to pause this for a second. Eckler didn't have 181 yards from scrimmage. Eckler had 150 yards from scrimmage. But I digress. Tyler always yells at me for not knowing how to do math. And then he goes and says something out here. Austin Eckler had... 96 yards on the through the air, 58 on the ground. He did have a touchdown um, through the air, or two touchdowns through the air, one one on the ground. Tyler needs to learn how to do math, like he always tells me how to do, and and I know he's going to be listening to this episode. So I hope that Tyler is over here um, understanding that Austin Eckler actually had 154 yards um, on the day. So um, now then. Uh, that's Tyler's top 10. Austin Eckler tops the list there uh, for week one. Now, it's time for a wonderful segment because Tyler hates it. And it's also known as Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. Because my Forgotten Five, and, and that's right, I have a Forgotten Five this week. But I'm also going to treat you all to a forgetful five this week. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about the the forgotten five that Tyler didn't name. Um, there was one guy that I know right off the top was going to make his list. Um, and, and he wound up getting a little pushed off there. But he was talking about him was TJ Hawkinson from the Lions. Six receptions, 131 yards, and a touchdown. He breaks the Lions tight end uh, first game uh, record. Uh, the record for a tight end in his first game. There we go. Uh, in yardage, receptions, in, in touchdowns, he had an amazing game. Um, Hawkinson was looking like he's worth every bit of that number one pick of the Lions, that first-round pick. And and honest, I, honestly, I didn't buy Hawkinson going into this. I still don't. I understand that it was an Arizona Cardinals team. I understand that the Cardinals team had Patrick Peterson riding the bench. I understand that this Arizona Cardinals team had Byron Murphy as their number one corner. I get it all. So, am I gonna? Is the jury still out on Hawkinson? Yes, but I, he's still gonna make my list because he had himself one hell of a game. Um, that that touchdown was a thing of beauty. It was basically wide open in the end zone. Um, he proved his worth with all those receptions. Uh, number four, DJ Chark. Uh, he wound up with four receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown, making plays with his legs. Um, he looked like a monster in that game. I love what DJ Chark's doing. Number three, Anthony Harris of the Minnesota Vikings, the reigning NFC def- uh, Defensive Player of the Week now. Um, he had uh, one pick in the end zone. He had one pick right over the middle of the field. Um, he had five tackles on the day. He was a beast in that game, a big game changer, uh, taking the ball away. He went up for those interceptions on a couple of 50-50 balls, and he looked like a beast on defense, and uh, he is getting better as a safety every single year. So kudos to Anthony Harris on that one. Also, uh, number two, Patrick Mahomes, 25 for 33, 378, three touchdowns, 300 yards in the first half. Mahomes was something super special um, in that game. I loved what Patrick Mahomes did. And last but not least, number one, Mr. Dalvin Cook, 21 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Um, The Vikings trying to get him back on track after two just injury-filled seasons. 
I want to see if Dalvin can be a an, a bell cow. I want to see if he can be an every down back. I want to see if he can put up monster yardage. I want to see if he can be the the league's leading rusher. I want to see what Dalvin Cook can do. So Dalvin Cook does it in 21 carries for 111 yards, gets in the end zone, um, and he completely transformed the Vikings offense that ranked 30th in the rush last year. And uh, as of this year, they're, they're ranking, I think it's number three. So he transforms that Vikings offense. I want to give an honorable mention in that Vikings offense uh, talk to also Alexander Madison, who also had 47 yards on the, or 49 yards on the day. Madison played very well uh, as well, and I, I was impressed with him. So there's that. Now, now we're going to get to Freytown's Forgetful Five, and we always uh, go through the Forgetful Five every season, and there's some very recurring names. Uh, last year's champion for our show's least valuable player would be Josh Rosen. Uh, Josh Rosen showed up on this list consistently, hitting number one several times. Josh Rosen, to us, was the least valuable player on that list. So you can take that for what it is. However, um, for Freytown's Forgetful Five, I'm going to start with number five being Adam Vinatieri, a guy that we don't see make this type of list very often, but Vinatieri looked rough. One for three on field goals. He had an, a missed extra point on the day. He came out after the game saying, I had a crappy game and golly he did um one for three on the field goals is not something we commonly see from adam vinatieri uh, one of the most accurate kickers uh that that we usually you know hear about so i i'm, I'm surprised to see that coming from him uh number four goes to uh sony michelle uh 15 carries for 14 yards take that in for a minute 15 carries for 14 yards. That is under one yard average. Not good. Um, even though the Patriots win that game, I, oof, it's kind of rough. I know the Steelers kind of live and die by their front seven on defense. That's usually the the uh, their, the Steeler way. However, it was a, a, a good day on run defense when it comes to the Steelers. One way it wasn't good is by pass, though, and the Steelers it rank as number three. I'm putting the entire Pittsburgh Steelers team on number three, though, blown out by the Patriots, 33-3. Uh, um, the Steelers just looked abysmal in every phase of the game. They couldn't get it done. Whether or not it's the Belichick system, whether or not they, they you know just haven't practiced together enough, I mean, who knows? But by this stage of the game, you would expect more out of out of the Steelers and uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and they just did not get it done. The Steelers looked abysmal in week week one, and um, man, oh man, they're in trouble if that's how they're going to be playing every week. Uh, number two goes to a guy that we were talking about in the offseason. We were talking about him being possibly the next big thing in the NFL, and, and a lot of us were predicting him to be the next big thing. Uh, number two goes to make Baker Mayfield, uh, 25 for 38. He had 285 yards, but he only had one touchdown with three interceptions and got blown out by the Tennessee Titans, just absolutely destroyed. Um, Baker Mayfield was absolutely horrible in that game, uh, just no pocket presence whatsoever, wound up taking a safety in the game at one point, um, just unable to get anything done. Baker Mayfield is uh, number two, but I don't think it can get worse. Then uh, my number one here, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston had two pick sixes, three interceptions total, and he had a total QBR of 7.3. I don't think I've ever heard of that being a, a possible QBR. I mean, maybe, maybe Nate Peterman I, I would be on that level. But uh, Jameis Winston looked absolutely lost against the 49ers, throwing interceptions all over the place. Uh, he just he looked like he didn't have a clue what in the heck was going on. And uh, Jameis Winston absolutely fell apart against the Niners. And and if I'm the Buccaneers and I'm Bruce Arians, I'm I'm contemplating moving on um, from old Jameis Winston and moving into uh, the next phase of getting a better quarterback on that football team. So um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, 
the end of the forgetful five. That is the end of Tyler's top ten, the forgotten five from me. Um, and we have ourselves a, a wonderful week getting ready to come up. We got some news around the league. Um, but first, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back uh, from after a word from our sponsors, and we'll uh, be right back with some more NFL news right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and I am here all by myself. Uh, No titillating Tyler Dean with me this week. The man is out on a work vacation. That's okay, though, um, because I will be here to take care of business this week. Um, Tyler, we, uh, we miss you, I think. I think we do. Maybe? I don't know. Anyway, um, so long wedding weekend. We're getting. I'm getting the early Sunday morning uh, recording in here, which is always entertaining um, before the games come out for this week. We've got some news around the league from the last week. We're going to go over some of that right now. And uh, we've also got our picks for the week coming up uh, as well. Um, and uh, just a fun fact for that. I lead the uh, reigning champion, Tyler Dean, by two games. That's right. That's right. I am in the lead for the first time, I think, uh, since we we started our our picks of the week. Um, And uh, that makes me feel very, very happy. Uh, As it stands right now, Tyler is 8-7-1, and and I, your uh, current leader, is 10-5-1. So um, as it stands, and and yes, because of the tie... Uh, between the Cardinals and the Lions, we have uh, we have a tie there. So, um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into some uh, some of the news around the league here. Uh, we we did have um, quite a bit of injury stuff going on. Obviously, it happens all the time. I'm going to be talking about the overreactions and uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, with our news around the league, first and foremost, we'll go ahead and start with the Steelers. Joe Hayden. Uh, out, he's he's uh, got a shoulder injury. Marquise Pouncey with his ankle injury. They're both listed as questionable for Sunday against the Seahawks. The Steelers um, obviously are already in trouble uh, going against a team as high powered as the Seahawks. They're going to be in even more trouble going into this week. I think that the the Steelers are going to find themselves in a bad way uh, if they can't get it together. I, I mean, especially against the Seahawks team. The Seahawks are nobody to play around with. You know, they're not going to be playing games. I expect um, you know this uh, the loss of these two guys, Pouncey and Hayden, to have a huge impact on the Steelers in in uh, that game if they can't be on the field. So those two listed as questionable. Also uh, for the upcoming week, the Ravens' corner Jimmy Smith is out with a knee injury. Um, thankfully for the Ravens, they are pretty deep at corner. So they're going to have, or in a defensive back, really, in general. So they're going to have plenty of guys that can step up in that role. But Jimmy Smith, even at his age and, and with all the money he's making, um, you're going to want him on the field, even at his age. And, and But I think he's getting ready to see his way out. There's other guys that are ready to step up. Um, but Jimmy Smith is a big loss for them. But now it's gone from the Ravens having a surplus of good young defensive backs behind him to having just enough of defensive backs to... Uh, to roll through the the year. So um, Jimmy Smith out with a knee injury. 
Also uh, listed as questionable, Mark Ingram with a shoulder injury. Uh, Hollywood Brown, after the, the big game he had in week one, uh, he's listed as questionable with a hip injury. Tyus Bowser, the linebacker, um, he has a groin injury. And uh, also defensive back Marlon Humphrey uh, with a back injury, he's listed as questionable as well. Um, so the Ravens have a, a slew of injuries coming up in, into this game um, in week two. Um, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, they they are, are planning on taking on the Cardinals this upcoming week. But uh, the Ravens, they, they've got quite a few injuries that they're going to have to play through in the coming weeks. But luckily for them, like I said, they've got the Cardinals this week, who although they tied with the Detroit Lions, um, the Cardinals aren't an incredible team. Um, so it's going to be something uh, really interesting to see if the Ravens can hold on to that uh, hot hand that they have right now. Um, another guy that's out, the 49ers, they have uh, Tevin Coleman with an ankle injury. Uh, they just picked him up in the offseason. Coleman is out with an ankle injury for Sunday's game against the Bengals. Uh, Coleman is is kind of a, um, he's in a kind of a timeshare right now with Matt Breida, especially with Jarek McKinnon being out. Um, now the the Niners are kind of down to like one running back, so so things are getting a little hairy over there in San Francisco. Um, but uh, you know, really, if if uh, uh, Matt Breida, you know, can can do what he did last year, uh, I think that the Niners will be just fine. They'll be in great shape moving into the rest of the season. Uh, for the Lions, the Lions moving into their game against the Chargers this week. Uh, Gerard Davis with an ankle injury. Uh, Taylor Decker, he's got a back injury, and Deshaun Hand, an elbow injury. All three of those guys listed as questionable moving into the game against the um, the Chargers, and that's going to be a, a brutal thing for them. Uh, three key cogs of their team. Gerard Davis obviously was the, the leading tackler for the Lions last year. Deshaun Hand, a uh, huge part of that that defensive line. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna have those guys out now. Taylor Decker has been in a bad way. Um, he gave up quite a bit. Uh, last week against the Cardinals, he was giving up sacks. He was giving up tackles for loss. Um, so I don't know how badly the Taylor Decker thing hurts them. Taylor Decker has just had a slew of injuries. It's probably why the Lions haven't picked up his fifth-year option anyway. Um, originally, he was looking like a stud, but but he's really tapered off and, and had an injury bug the last few years. So Taylor Decker will be out. Now, on the other side, the Chargers, uh, Hunter Henry, He's actually out for the game against the Lions with his knee injury. Uh, kicker Michael Badgley will be questionable with a groin, a groin injury as well. Um, Badgley is, and, that, and that's actually kind of a, a brutal one for the Chargers, Badgley being out with a groin injury because Badgley's one of the better kickers in the league, so it's a little surprising. But um, the Chargers will be without those two moving into this weekend. So, And, and the Chargers already have quite a few injuries with Derwin James being out. Um, they're missing some key cogs. Uh, to their their team, so we'll see if the Chargers can hold on against the Lions moving into uh, Week Two. Um, over in the North, we're, we we still have the Vikings here. The Minnesota Vikings have uh, Mackenzie Alexander out with an elbow injury. Um, that one's going to be a painful one, especially with Mackenzie Alexander being one of the better slot corners in the league. Um, he's been really good with that nickel set. Uh, also, corner Mike Hughes is still doubtful with last year's knee injury. He's still uh, nursing that back to health, or well, leg injury, his ACL tear. So he's he's considered doubtful. Um, Pat Elfline uh, has a knee injury. Ben Gideon with a, a groin injury. Both those guys listed as questionable. Um, Pat Elfline uh, moving from center to guard. Um, that has been a big fortification of the Vikings' interior offensive line. Um, the hope is that he's able to play. Uh, moving into that game because if the Vikings can't have that guy on there, that means guys like Rashad Hill are going to be on that line who are absolutely abysmal. Um, and also linebacker Ben Gideon. Gideon is a heck of a linebacker. Uh, J. J. Ron Curse has been filling in somewhat for him at linebacker. So has Eric Wilson. Uh, Gideon is, a, is one of those guys that has really um, come alive for the Vikings as a lower round draft pick uh, that nobody really saw coming. He's a good, serviceable linebacker. He's not a stud or anything. But he's really been above par, and so the, the, he's going to be a big loss for the Vikings um, if they can't have him on the field. Um, also in that game for the Packers, uh, left tackle David Bakhtiari is questionable for that matchup against Minnesota moving into Week 2. That He is the, the star offensive lineman for the Packers, and you almost need him on the field if you're going to be dealing with guys like Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, guys like uh, Linval Joseph. 
You're you're going to need that that uh, big tackle on the field to to fortify the edges, especially going up against a guy like Everson Griffin or Daniel Hunter. So that could be a huge hit for the Packers if he doesn't play. Um, the Jags, the uh, Jaguars, getting ready to take on the Texans this weekend. Um, corner I, AJ Bouye, uh, wide receiver Marquise Lee, uh, defensive lineman Yannick Ngakwe, uh, tackle Cedric Ogbue. All listed as out for Sunday's matchup with the Texans. Um, left tackle Cam Robinson is listed as questionable. So just a slew of injuries for the Jags. The big one being Bouye, obviously. I think A.J. Bouye is is one of the um, better corners in this league. And he's a, a key cog to that Jaguars defense that was so good two years ago. And actually wasn't half bad last year. Um, we thought they were worse than they were, but they actually ranked decently high. And obviously Marquise Lee and, and Ngakwe are, are all impact players, and Gakwe is, is a huge piece of that, that defensive line of the Jags, and uh, Marquise Lee is the number one receiver over there. So we got to hope, uh, well, if you're the Jags, you're hoping that you're going to have those guys uh, back pretty quickly throughout the upcoming weeks. Um, also for the Chiefs, uh, the, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they will be without Eric Fisher for uh, their game against the Raiders this upcoming week. Um the Chiefs, uh, I mean, Fisher's a good, uh, a good tackle. I don't, I don't think he's anything to write home about. Um, he was taken very early in the. He was, I think, he was number one overall pick in uh, some years back, and and he actually really hasn't panned out as well as as everybody thought. Um, for a while, people wanted him benched. I don't really buy Eric Fisher very much, but uh, Eric Fisher is a key part of their their offensive line. A great starter for them. I, I don't, I still don't buy him though. Um, so he'll be out. Uh, the Saints, Sheldon Rankins, he's still out with his ankle injury. Um, he will not be uh, playing this week, obviously. The Bears are going to be without defensive tackle Eddie Goldman. Well, they're all listed as questionable. Defensive tackle Eddie Goldman, tight end Trey Burton, and linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski. They're all listed as questionable for Sunday's matchup with the Denver Broncos. Um those are some bigger losses. Goldman is the one that's in particular the biggest because Eddie Goldman really fortifies that that front seven of the Bears and really no, uh, puts a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. He he's known for getting tackles for losses. He's really a run stuffer. Um, so Eddie Goldman will be the big one. Trey Burton is also kind of a safety valve for Mitchell Trubisky, which he is going to miss because Trubisky last week was absolutely horrible against the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Broncos will be uh, will have Bryce Callahan listed as questionable with a foot injury. Um, Callahan, um, I believe he's their number two corner over there. Callahan's a good corner. He's he's not uh, anything incredible, but he he gets the job done. So they'll be missing him um, for that game. Also, the Browns guard Joel Batonio is listed as questionable um, to play on Monday night against the Jets. With he's got an abdomen injury. Um, that's the big injury for the Browns. Betonio, a team captain for them, one of the better uh, offensive linemen in the league. So Betonio listed as questionable with an abdomen injury. Now, um, we, we did have a, a, a few injuries um, go on where it was uh, the Broncos' right tackle, Jawan James. He did suffer a knee injury on Monday Night Football. It is not a season-ending injury, though. Um, so the Broncos um, will wind up getting him back at some point. Um, but he did suffer a knee injury on Monday Night Football. It was unspecified what it was, but he will be out for a little bit, uh, for a couple weeks. Um, the Jets wide receiver, Quincy Inunua, is out for the season, however, with a neck injury uh, suffered in week one. So uh, he will be out for the year. That's a huge loss for the Jets. They seem to have players dropping like flies right now. Um, they, they have a, a ton of players just out with injuries all throughout their, their team. Um, right now, Le'Veon Bell, for example, listed as questionable for Monday Night Football against Cleveland. Um, big loss for them, but they are also they've got Sam Darnold is out for Monday Night against Cleveland, possibly even one more week. Um, he's apparently been diagnosed with mono, so because of that, he'll be out for Monday Night Football against Cleveland. As will C.J. Mosley, um, the newly acquired linebacker that they got in the off season. Um, Mosley will be out for Monday Night Football against the Cleveland Browns as well. So, I mean, the the Jets are, are gradually, I mean, they, they picked up all these big-name players, and it seems like all their big-name players are getting hurt. Um, the Jets are, are falling apart uh, little by little, and uh, they, they just don't have any answers right now. I, I don't know if these guys are going to be able to stay healthy throughout the rest of the year. 
Um, they, they've definitely got a rough road ahead of them. Um, also, uh, the Vikings placed uh, newly acquired wide receiver Josh Doxson on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. Um, chances are he'll be out for the rest of the season. Um, and, and as will, and, and this is something that makes me sad to say, Darius Geis is no longer on the board. He'll be out with a torn meniscus. He's uh, placed on IR. He's undergoing surgery. Adrian Peterson is going to be placed as the starting running back uh, for the Washington Redskins. He was very upset to be pulled last week, um, and, and he was a healthy scratch, which is something I've never heard of when it comes to Adrian Peterson, um, him being a, a healthy scratch moving into a football game. Uh, Redskins will also have uh, Jordan Reed. Uh, Jonathan with a concussion, Jonathan Allen with a knee injury, Colt McCoy with his uh, fibula injury from last year's uh, leg break. All those guys will be out for Sunday against the Cowboys, but uh, at the very least, at least they're going to have um, at least they're going to have Adrian Peterson back on the field. Um, the Cowboys, on the other hand, will have wide receiver Tavon Austin out with a concussion uh, for that game against the Redskins. Um, not a huge loss for the Cowboys. Uh, they have some outstanding receivers. Obviously, they have Amari Cooper. Um, really, the Cowboys are, are in a much, much better position from an injury standpoint than the Redskins are. And uh, they're really, I mean, their players are obviously uh, far superior than the uh, Redskins have. So I, I believe that you're going to see uh, some uh, cowboy uh, beating the crap, uh, Cowboys beating the crap out of the Redskins uh, this week. Um, Patrick Mahomes did suffer an ankle injury. He's expected to play this upcoming week, which is good news for the uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are um, who are the Chiefs taking on this week? Holy smokes, I'm losing track of everything. Chiefs set to take on the Raiders this week. That's it. I just said it a while ago, um, but he is expected to play against the Raiders this week, uh, and and he he suffered just a just a little minor ankle sprain in week one. Also set to play, the 49ers will have Nick Bosa on the field. Um, Bosa is set to come out and play against the Bengals, which is good news for them. Um, ankle injury, ankle sprain, but he is expected to play um, moving into that. Now, uh, the Raiders safety, Jonathan Abram, um, he is planning to appeal his $28,000 fine for a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit where he actually suffered a season-ending shoulder injury in Week 1. So he is planning on, on appealing that $28,000 fine. Um, he, he lowered his helmet and uh, tried to bring, uh, bring the pain, I guess, a little bit. Um, he got fined for that, and uh, he is expected to uh, be – he's been placed on IR with a shoulder injury, so he is expected to be out for the rest of the year. Um, also expected to miss some time, Tyreek Hill. Expected to miss four to six weeks with a collarbone injury. Um I mean, really, it, it, I feel like the Chiefs on offense kind of have a surplus of riches. They, they, Sammy Watkins came out rocking last week in the absence of Hill. Hill is expected to miss four to six weeks with a collarbone injury. Um, Tyreek Hill, obviously one of the most um, uh, explosive players in the league, and uh, but Sammy Watkins proved that he is more than capable of handling uh, uh, those number one receiver duties. So you're you're going to see a, a little more of Sammy Watkins for the next four to six weeks, and actually he could be a thousand yard receiver, I think. Um, now, Garyon Conley will also be playing this week. He suffered a neck injury in Week One um, against the Broncos. Conley is good to go. He took a nasty hit, but he is just fine, and uh, he will be on the field this upcoming week. Now we did have some. Um, Fines going around on top of that twenty-eight thousand Jonathan Abram fine. Miles um, <clears throat> Garrett fined ten thousand five hundred and twenty-seven dollars for a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit against the Titans. Uh, Delaney Walker. Um, the Browns had themselves a really hard time with the Titans. Um, the fact that Miles Garrett uh, uh, threw that helmet-to-helmet -helmet shot had the audacity to come out trying to start fist fights. Um, he needs to get it together. He needs to start acting like a professional. Um, but he is, he's been fined the $10,000. Also, uh, the New York Jets defensive lineman Henry Anderson was fined $10,527 for a late hit against the Bills QB Josh Allen. Um, just a late uh, hit on a slide. It, it was not okay. Um, so he has been fined for that. Uh, Greg Robinson 
This is the the biggest one of the week, though. Greg Robinson was actually fined ten thousand five hundred twenty-seven dollars for kicking the uh, safety Kenny Vaccaro in the head. It seemed like everybody on that Browns team was getting frustrated and acting the fool. Greg Robinson gets fined for, and and he also was ejected from the game for kicking Kenny Vaccaro in the head. Um, that we haven't seen that type of stuff since and Dominican Sue Ninja kicked Mad Schaub in the uh, Nether regions. So we, we get to see some frustration coming from the Browns. I uh, I was worried that the Browns were going to become the second coming of Super Team, and uh, that's what they have become uh, thus far. They are the second coming of Super Team. Uh, remember when the Eagles picked up Namdi Asamu and all those great players, and then they fell apart. Well, that's basically what the Cleveland Browns have become at this point. Um, also on IR, we, we had um, the Eagles placing defensive tackle Malik Jackson. He's been placed there with a foot injury. He is set to miss the rest of the season. The Eagles are, are um, they're doing okay, but they're nothing incredible. The Eagles uh, are, are losing a few key cogs there, um, but uh, they're, they're still somehow managing to get the job done. Um, but the Philadelphia Eagles will be without Malik Jackson for the rest of the season, which is a big hit to their defensive line uh, moving into this season. The Browns also released uh, tight end Rico Gathers over the weekend. Um, just I, poor performance on, on Gathers' party. He had a few catches in the preseason, but then proceeded to do nothing in week one. Um, he really hasn't been anything to uh, write home about, but uh, Gathers will be uh, gone from the Browns for the rest of the year. Um, and he will be hitting free agency. So they have dumped him. Um, now, the other one we got is Kerry v- uh, Corey Vedvik is his actual name. Vedvik, he signed, gets released by the Vikings, signs with the Jets, gets released by the Jets, and then the Jets have signed Sam, uh, signed kicker Sam Ficken. Um, Vedvik is, is, I don't understand what went on. He goes out, he, he rocks all these field goals for the Ravens, does a great job in preseason, great job in practice. Um, they, they realize they have a, a possible great kicker, and they trade him away to the Vikings, and Vedvik goes out to the Vikings and misses a bunch of field goals. Um, and I have questions about from the Vikings' end about how much of this is the holder and how much is the is Vedvik, but Sam Ficken went out and actually won a, a, uh, a tryout. He, he won the, the tryout competition when he walked on with the Jets, so a lot of it might have to do with the fact that Corey Vedvik is is just not as good as he um, as good as originally they anticipated. So Corey Vedvik will not be playing for anybody at this point. He's been released. He's he's hit free agency. Um, also uh, in the Jets world, the Patriots did trade for wide receiver Demarius Thomas uh, with the New England Patriots. Patriots get a sixth round pick out of the deal, so the Jets wind up with Demarius Thomas. Um, probably to fill that role of Quincy Inunua being gone. The, um, I, this trade is kind of an interesting little anomaly here because Demarius Thomas, he started to really slow down in Denver. He didn't do much with Houston. He got moved to the Patriots. He didn't do much with the Patriots. And here we are with Demarius Thomas not really doing much for, uh, um, for the Jets now, I don't, I don't think. I, I mean, you, you don't. When, when teams trade for a guy a couple weeks into the season and they stick him on their team, you expect big things from a guy who really hasn't been around your playbook, hasn't been around your system, hasn't seen your system. And, and you, the expectation is that these guys that have been uh, doing this for years, that they're supposed to just catch on overnight. And and I, I just think it's a bad expectation for the league to have. Um but there he is, Demarius Thomas, getting traded to the Jets after week one. And, and I think they're, they're going to have high ex- expectations of this guy, and they're not going to get those expectations. But speaking of the Patriots, Antonio Brown. So the, the Antonio Brown saga continues. Um, Antonio Brown, he and, – and so let's just – I'm just going to go right down the, the line here of everything that has gone on just so everybody is on point. So Antonio Brown complains about the new helmet that he has to wear, the new NFL okayed helmet. Um, he complains about that. He refuses to come to practice because of the fact that he doesn't want to wear this helmet on the field. 
then after he gets done complaining about that and he decides, okay, well, I better come back to camp, he gets confused why the Raiders fine him for not being there for practices, even though it's in his contract. Then Antonio Brown gets mad and he goes on social media and he throws it all over social media. And then after Antonio Brown goes out and throws it all over social media about him getting fined, what does Antonio Brown do? Antonio Brown goes out and after Mike Mayock approaches him and says, hey, don't put this on social media, this is in-house stuff, Antonio Brown yells and screams at Mike Mayock, the general manager, says he's going to punch him in the face and calls him a cracker. So then after that, um, Mike Mayock is, is getting ready to suspend Antonio Brown indefinitely. Brown issues a heartfelt apology to the team and to Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock instead says, well, now we've already got your, an apology from you, but now um, I still don't want you. And he, and he cuts his, um, cuts his uh, uh, guaranteed money off in spite of the apology. Now, he does that in spite of the apology, and then Antonio Brown requests his release, gets into an argument with John Gruden, posts the, uh, over the phone, posts the phone conversation on Twitter of him with, with him and John Gruden, which is, according to California state law, illegal. And then the Raiders release him, and then the Patriots pick him up, but after he gets picked up by the Patriots, Antonio Brown then gets accused of rape, um, and, and by his, you know, the, this his personal trainer or whoever she is. Her claim is that he raped her. I, I have questions about it, but this Antonio Brown saga has been too much. Um, but I have questions about the the supposed rape case. Um, right now, it's a civil suit. Um, I, I don't understand why somebody wouldn't attempt to press charges, you know, for, for something like that. I mean, last I checked, raping somebody in sexual assault is still a felony. So I don't understand why Antonio Brown is, is not having charges pressed against him. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, and she's over here trying to get uh, uh, $75,000 is what she's she's asking for, which does not seem like anywhere near the amount of money that she should be asking for if she was raped apparently three times by Antonio Brown. Um, videos also emerged of the two. Actually, it, it looked like they had a, a very personal and intimate relationship, um, but uh, it, it has gotten a little almost out of control. And, and when it comes to Antonio Brown, now the Patriots are going to have him on the field playing on Sunday for the first time I guess the problem I have with this is the standards. The standards of the league, the standards of the Patriots. I understand the man is innocent until proven guilty. I, I get that. I understand that, that to me with this lady, it looks like a cash grab. However, there have been a lot of situations where players have been suspended over pure speculation and, and how certain things looked. And I think not only had, did the Pittsburgh Steelers allow Antonio Brown to function under a different set of rules than anybody, but now in this, than all the other players on the team, but now in this current situation, the Patriots are allowing Antonio Brown to, um, and the NFL really, are allowing Antonio Brown to function under a different set of rules uh, than the NFL, the other players in the NFL, and also the other players on his football team. And we've seen that consistently um, throughout Antonio Brown's career, and it sets up a narrative for him that he's allowed to do whatever the heck he wants. And the NFL really is eventually is going to have to make a decision here. They're going to have to make a decision about, about Antonio Brown. You know what's on the horizon. You know what's coming. I'm just waiting for that moment where they finally come down and say, all right, enough is enough. It's time to go. Antonio Brown is, is a hell of a player. He's a very... Um, He's a very physical, solid, fast receiver. He's a tremendous talent. But if Antonio Brown is not able to to control himself, then people need to to you know need to put an end to it. The NFL needs to put an end to it. The NFL and Roger Goodell need to put their foot down. Roger Goodell has suspended people for less. 
So I'm I'm kind of concerned about what is going on um, in the, with the NFL and in this whole situation. Now, uh, also with the NFL and the NFLPA, we, we actually had a concussion that got suffered by Sir, uh, Sterling Shepard. He's out for this Sunday's game due to that concussion. But in week one, he suffered that concussion, and he was still allowed to complete the game um, last week. And, and the Giants, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure they put him through concussion protocol, but he still completed the game against the, uh, the Cowboys last week. To me... Um, the NFLPA is, I, I, I like the fact that the league is worried about the safety of all the different players and, and that's really great, but the league, um, there, there needs to be something more in terms of concussion protocol. And, and I don't really know how you're going to, uh, uh, I don't really know how you're going to, to come to a conclusion that somebody didn't do their job correctly and, and sent him out on the field and, and, it's almost, you know, it's almost a, a speculative thing. Did did Doctor So and So throw him out on the field without, you know, any uh, uh, without a care in the world that he just wanted to get the guy out on the field, or were the coaches in on it? I, I get something like that, but at the same time, I also understand that certain doctors have different opinions and professional opinions about certain things. Um, one doctor may have thought, hey, well, he's not concussed, and then the NFL doctor said, well, yeah, he is concussed. So there's there's questions there, um, but Sterling Shepard will be out for this week in any case. Still, but the NFLPA is going to have to look into the concussion protocol when it comes to Sterling Shepard in Week One. Um, last but not least, we've got uh, the corner Aaron Colvin. So last week, Aaron Colvin, Week One, he he gets released by the Texans. He allowed two touchdowns um, from the Saints. Uh, I mean, just I mean, completely. I mean, screwed it up big time. He really screwed the pooch. He missed two, I mean, easy reads that he should have been making. Um, he gets released by the Texans after allowing the two touchdowns. And then uh, he gets signed by the Redskins. He wasn't on free agency for long. Uh, gets signed by the Redskins. I think it's a great addition to the, the Redskins defense. They need it. Um, Colvin's a good player. He's a good corner. Um, and, and the Texans, I, I think they're... They they lost a guy based on an off day, and we, we see this a lot in the NFL where players will have one off game and then they get let go. Um, and, and the Vikings last year, Anthony Barr early on had a lot of rough games, but Anthony Barr since has turned it on. Um, he came out firing last week. He looked like a monster. Um, and Anthony Barr looked much better down the stretch near the end of the season um, and where they started using him a little more as a pass rusher. So... Colvin is a good player. He had a bad night. I think a lot of times the certain teams expect a lot out of certain players, and Colvin is one of those guys that they expect a lot out of. So in in this case, Aaron Colvin he gets released, but he actually winds up in a, in a, a actually a, a Redskins secondary that is starting to to really come together as far as the level of talent that they have back there. Um, what with Landon Collins coming over there and, and Morgan and all those guys. So that they actually have some some solid players over there. But one thing that the Houston Texans did do, and it was the big signing of the week, they extended uh, their center, Nick Martin, uh, by three years, $33 million. They extend him to a new deal. And um, really, the the uh, it, it's a good call. And they He was the, best, the most consistent lineman that they had, really. that's The, the Texans, they, they had had very many consistent offensive lineman. Um, Watson was one of the most hurried and hit quarterbacks last year. And uh, really, this was a smart signing to try and fortify that offensive line and make sure that they have the proper protection for Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Texans, uh, they have a real shot at doing something this season, especially judging by how closely they played the Saints last week. I want to see what the Texans can do, and I want to see if they can keep Deshaun Watson a little more clean than they did last year. So <clears throat> that that is uh, what is going on in Houston. And now we are moving into our predictions for the week three matchups. Now Tyler has sent me his uh, predictions for week three. Um, I'm going to go through those and and really the so we're we're gonna I'm going to go through these games, but realistically, other than one game, um, Tyler and I have. Uh, uh, 
for other than one game, Tyler and I have the exact same predictions moving into week two here. Um, so well, that's what we're going to go through. Um, I'm going to go through all these predictions, and we will uh, get them moving. Um, so here are your predictions for week two of the NFL season. Uh, starting first, the Buccaneers and the Panthers on Thursday night. I went with the Panthers. Tyler went with the Panthers. We both lost that one, actually. And and uh, the Panthers, uh, they, I don't understand how the heck they lost that game to the Bucs, but the Panthers dropped one to the Bucs. Um, that was our prediction for Thursday. Now, moving into today's games, here are our predictions. Uh, the Cardinals and the Ravens. Uh, we're both going with the Ravens. Um, I, I think after the performance last week, Lamar Jackson, he looked like a monster. I think Lamar Jackson is going to continue that against the Cardinals. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm going with the Ravens, as is Tyler. Uh, now, the Chargers and the Lions, both Tyler and I going with the Chargers on this one. Uh, Chargers, they, they even though they have a slew of injuries, Phillip Rivers still played well. Um, and, and Keenan Allen is obviously a great receiver on that team. You, you have such good players on that team. And Austin Eckler, he still gets tons of yards from scrimmage. <clears throat> I believe that the Chargers, and as does Tyler, we believe the Chargers are going to run away with that one. Uh, the Colts and the Titans, uh, after the beating that the Titans laid on Baker Mayfield and the Browns, we're going with the Titans on this one. I think the Titans defense is something really special. And uh, the Titans are going to continue that role of success. We're going with the, uh, the Titans on this one. Uh, the Niners and the Bengals, we're both going with the Niners on this one. I think the Bengals are still on that way, that, that downward spiral. They're still going down. Andy Dalton had a big game last week, but the Niners' defense is looking strong. Um, Jimmy G didn't look as bad as we expected, but uh, and you know what? Last week, and it is the Bengals, I, I'm going with the Niners, and so is Tyler. Um, Jags and Texans, now, the Jags' defense is still a good defense. We have to face that fact. But the Texans look very, very good against the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Texans look so good, in fact, that we're going to have to go with the Texans. Uh, that, those are the guys that uh, we believe are going to wind up 2-0 moving forward. Another team that we think will go 2-0 is the Vikings. The Vikings will beat the Packers this week. Um, the, the Vikings look so good, and I don't believe that a lot of the Packers' success is based on how well their defense played as much as it is how bad Mitchell Trubisky played. Um, the Packers will lose to the Minnesota Vikings in this week. I believe the Vikings will be going 2-0, and Tyler does as well. Um, Cowboys and the Redskins. Now, Case Keenum looked real good in the first half early on against the Eagles. Um, definitely something to behold. But uh, you know what? I believe that, that Kingdom is, is just not the answer in the, for the Redskins, and neither will Dwayne Haskins whenever he gets thrown in there to the Wolves. The Cowboys will win this game. We're both going with the Cowboys on this one. Um, Seahawks and Steelers. The, the Steelers looked so bad in week one. Um, both of us believe that the Steelers are just rough around the edges. Uh, they're, they're getting old. They're getting tired. The Steelers are on a downward spiral. They're a very middle-of-the-road team. Seahawks are still finding a way to stay relevant and just kind of reload as opposed to rebuild. And the Seahawks will beat the Steelers in this game. We both think the Steelers have, or I'm sorry, the Seahawks rather, will crush the Steelers. Um... Moving over to the Bills and the Giants, uh, you know, both of us, it's hard to put stock in either one of these teams. Uh, Eli is just so um, hit or miss. Josh Allen is such an unseasoned quarterback. However, um, I think Eli comes through in this one, and so does Tyler. We, we both are going with the Giants on this one. The... the uh, the Giants' passing attack is is not the best, but it's not the worst, and I think it's much better than that that Bills secondary. Even though the Bills ended up with a top defense, one of the top defenses last year, it, I think the Giants will, will be running away with this one, and Saquon's going to have himself a day. Um, Patriots and the Dolphins, we're both going with the Patriots. Patriots, uh, you, you can't tell me that the Dolphins stand a chance in this game. Miami looked abysmal. you got players requesting trades. This is just a horrible situation in Miami. They could be the next 0-16 team if they don't get it together. 
uh, Patriots in this one by a huge margin. Um, next up, Chiefs and the Raiders. Raiders had a good showing last week against the Broncos, but the Chiefs are a much different team. I think everybody and in, in, in their mother is going to be going with the, uh, the Chiefs on this one. Um, th there's no reason why the Chiefs should be losing this game at all. Patrick Mahomes is playing like a, a, a man possessed. I believe that the Chiefs will run away with this one against the Raiders. Um, the Saints and the Rams. Uh, Saints are going to be looking for redemption after that NFC title game uh, uh, missed call. And, and, you know, I just, um, I don't know. It's going to be tight. It's going to be a tough one. This is probably the game of the week. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Saints here will run away with this one. I don't think the Rams, uh, the Rams defense is good enough to hold up against the, the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees, and Drew Brees is angry. When Drew Brees gets mad, he wins football games. So the Saints will wind up with a win here. Um, as for the Bears and the Broncos, uh, we're both going with the Bears on this one. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, as badly as he played, the Broncos did not play well uh, on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. The Broncos' defense... Uh, was abysmal. Von Miller had no tackles. Chubb, no tackles. They all played bad. The defense was bad. Joe Flacco played bad. Um, the Broncos fell apart. The very least, at least the Browns' defense was something to really do and ah over. Um, we're both going with the Bears here and uh, those trick plays that, that Matt Nagy loves to run. The Bears will, uh, will beat the Broncos. Um, moving over to the Battle of the Birds, you got the Eagles and the Falcons. Both Tyler and I have split on this one. I'm going with the Eagles. He's going with the Falcons. Um, the, the Eagles are, uh, to me, they're the better football team. I think the Falcons looked absolutely horrible. Uh, that's a Sunday night football game. The Falcons looked bad against the Vikings. They couldn't get anything going. Uh, the Eagles are very strong defensively, and I think the Falcons are going to crumble in the same way that they did against the Vikings because the Eagles run a very similar type of defense. They like to blitz the quarterback. They like to hit the quarterback. They like to rush the quarterback. And Matt Ryan looked all kinds of flustered last week in week one. Um, I think you're going to see the Eagles uh, trounce the Falcons. Now on Tyler's end, Tyler believes that the Falcons have that number one offense and they're going to, that, that they were touting moving into the season and that they're going to rip the Eagles apart. Now I understand the Eagles don't have defensive tackle Malik Jackson. I get that. But without Malik Jackson, even then, I think that the Eagles are going to rock it. I think Carson Wentz is too good. Um, I'm calling for the Eagles. Tyler's calling for the Falcons. Um, and last but not least, Monday Night Football tomorrow, or yeah, tomorrow night, it's going to be the Browns and the Jets. Um, I, you know, it, the Jets have so many players out. We're both going with the Browns here. The Browns had such a bad week one. Um, if you can't beat the injury-riddled New York Jets, there's a problem there. Baker Mayfield needs to start getting it, get, getting it together. Freddie Kitchens over there needs to start getting it together. Um, both Tyler and I going with the Browns over the Jets. And those are your predictions for Week 2 of the NFL. Now, I understand this episode's a little shorter, folks. Um, I, I'm, I thank you guys for listening. Um, I know it's not a, there's not any of that, that wild banter that, that Tyler and I usually have, but we had to get something in here for you guys, and, and we wanted to give you something really to talk about. Um, so uh, that is uh, all we got for this show. Uh, Tyler will not be back next week either. Um, you know, he's kind of my partner in crime there. So uh, we're going to be hoping for the... Uh, we're going to be hoping that he gets his butt back here soon so we can start some more uh, entertaining stuff. I know it's not the most entertaining thing in the world when I'm, I'm sitting here all alone. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you next time, um, and uh, we will see you uh, next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.